Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Faces Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the Vivid Seat Studios. From OB Overtime Betting, Greg Peterson. Coming at you with another great podcast as Matt McCarthy of 98.5 The Sports Hub is going to be joining me in the second segment. We are going to be having some fun with that. We're going to be talking about the ALCS and we're going to be talking about the potential matchups that the Washington Nationals might be facing in the World Series and what he's really looking for in this postseason for the team that is going to be able to win the World Series. So that is going to be a fascinating conversation. In the final segment, I give you a side and total on the lone game on today's Las Vegas betting board and a little something I'd like to call touch them all. I will say that there's no guarantees that I'll have an actual line for it as I'm right now doing this at 9 10 p.m pacific time and well as i do this game or of the alcs is currently going on with houston astros up by a count of eight to three so i want to let you in behind the curtain there i have to post this up by midnight pacific so that is certainly something that is not going the yankees way but something that always goes your way is whenever you tweet in a twitter question into my twitter timeline you could always Fire those in at GNRSquarty1. If you send them via DM, well, it is going to be much like the New York Yankees with the bases loaded in the first inning. You're not going to be able to get a whole lot of offense generated. It's probably going to be a prayer that is not answered, but if you send it into the timeline, you're going to be much like the Houston Astros were on Thursday, and you're going to be generating a whole lot of runs, and you're going to be getting a whole lot of liveliness. So with that, let's take a look back at yesterday's Game 4. ALCS, and now the Houston Astros are now up by a count of 3-1 to one in this series. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. 
And if you want to be able to attend some of these MLB postseason games, you want to be able to go to the World Series, and maybe going to live baseball games isn't necessarily your thing. You want to go to an NFL game. You want to watch a college football game live, college basketball just around the corner. Vivid Seats is your place for all of it. And hey, maybe you're not even into live sports in general. You like to be able to watch the games on the couch or at a sports book. Instead, you want to see a concert. Go to the Vivid Seats app, and you're able to get up to $100 off of all of it, games, concerts, you name it, as long as you're a first-time customer and you type in the promo code OVERTIME. That is all one word, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, and that is how you get up to $100 off of all tickets, and you're probably only going to have a very, very finite amount of time to be able to get tickets to be able to watch Houston Astros and New York Yankees games until the 2020 season because the Yankees now down in this series by count 3-1, to one, and you can really blame it on the first inning for this team. The New York Yankees had the bases loaded against Zach Ranke. Zach Ranke winds up walking in a run, but he was able to hold up. Goes four and a third innings. He gives up one run. From there, the bullpen is able to go a strong four and two-thirds innings, giving up two runs in the process. And for the Houston Astros, they were really able to break this game open in the third inning as it was a long shot that was really able to do it for them. George Springer, his second of this series, three-run shot off of one. Masahiro Tanaka made the game a count of three to one. And then from there, Carlos Correa was able to get his second home run of the series as well. That came off of Chad Green as... I'm right now doing this with one out in the top of the ninth inning, and the Astros up by a count of 8-3. to three. As of right now, the Yankees' bullpen has went a combined three and a third innings, giving up four runs, only two of which were earned. They've been hurt by a pair of errors out of Montevino and Jonathan Luizaga, both giving up an unearned run, but for the New York Yankees, just missed opportunities. 0-7 with men in scoring position, nine men left on base, and we were talking about going into this game, how the wind would impact things and everything like that would be easier to get home runs out to right field. Actually, both the home runs in this game went to left field, and both were no-doubters, so you do want to note that. So the wind didn't necessarily have the biggest effect, but I will say for Gary Sanchez, he was able to get a little bit of something on the board for the New York Yankees. He was able to go deep off of Josh James in the sixth inning, his first of the postseason, and for Gary Sanchez, this is a guy that by and large has been struggling for the series. He's hitting just a buck 18 in this ALC and for the New York Yankees, other than Glaber Torres and DJ LeMayu, everyone in the starting lineup from yesterday hitting a 250 or lower. And the only guy that's hitting among those bats above a 167 is Aaron Judge. So needless to say, the Yankees' bats have went a little bit cold. And for the Houston Astros, right now firing all cylinders as favorites in the postseason are now 19-11 and 11, thanks to the Astros pulling off a win as a little bit of an underdog. And this was just the third game to go over in the championship series. If you take a look at the totals in this championship series between the NL and the AL, you've had five overs to three unders. Certainly a good night for the Houston Astros. And if the Yankees wind up pulling off a six-plus run ninth inning, you are not going to be hearing this because I'll be doing some edits. But by and large, good night for the Houston Astros. So coming up next, we're going to be having a nice chat about the postseason with our good buddy Matt McCarthy out there with 98.5 The Sports Up. Truth be told, we did have this conversation before game four of the ALCS, but nevertheless, still a very good conversation. And that is coming your way in just a few seconds right here on MLB Overtime Betting. Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia Hotline. 
And we're back here on MLB Overtime Betting. Greg Peters, we're coming at you from the Vivid Seat Studios out here in lovely Las Vegas. Great to have on our next guest. He has joined me a couple times during the Major League Baseball season, and I wanted to get on a little bit more of a nonpartisan view on this postseason series between the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. Matt McCarthy of 98.5 The Sports Hub does a terrific job of being able to cover all things baseball for them. He does the podcast Hardcore Baseball, and he is a guy that is well-versed with this sport, whether it's the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, the Milwaukee Brewers. This guy knows a little bit of everything, and you can follow him on Twitter at MattMcCarthy985, as Matt is joining me right now. And how are you doing today? You know, you asked for a nonpartisan view, and yet you're bringing on a Red Sox fan to talk about a Yankees series. So you'll probably oh, get a little I know. bit of <laughs> It's good to be on with you, Greg. It's great to have you on, too, but I think that you're probably in a spot where it's obviously dislike the Yankees a little bit more than the Astros, but I think you have some disdain for both teams. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have disdain for just about everything. So, no, it's, uh, hey. it's, it's, it's always good to be on with you, Greg. It is great to have you on, too. And we saw a few days ago Game 4 of the ALCS be postponed due to rain. It was supposed to be a bullpen day for both these teams. Instead, on Thursday, what we wound up getting was Masir Tanaka against Zach Greinke. Now for Game 5, it looks like you're going to be able to trot out their more normal starters as James Paxson is going to be back in the fold for the New York Yankees and he is most likely going to be going up against Justin Verlander unless if something unforeseen happens with that pitching matchup who did you feel the rain benefited a little bit more because there are some people are saying that it gives a little bit more rest for the New York Yankees but for the Houston Astros this is a team that they really rely upon that starting pitching and I would argue that it gave them a little bit more of an edge so here's the thing if Grinky turns it around and he has not looked good in his first two starts, if Zach Grinky turns it around, all of a sudden he's now lined up to start game seven on three days rest. So, you know, I think the Astros have a lot to gain from this potentially. It also allows them to potentially bring Verlander back in a game seven on two days rest to pitch out of the bullpen on what would be his normal side day. If it goes to seven and if Grinky you know, ends up, you know, looking more like Zach Grinke. I think it could benefit the Astros in the long run. But ultimately, the Yankees being able to bring back Tanaka, you know, against Grinke in game four, you know, if Grinke struggles again, then the Yankees could potentially go to Tanaka on three days rest in game seven. I think it all hinges on Zach Grinke. So the Yankees obviously have the better bullpen, but the Astros have the better starters. So how does it all play out? But one of those starters has certainly struggled. To make a short answer very long, It really all depends on how long this series goes, because if it goes seven, you know, then what does the Astros pitching staff look like at that point? You know, there's no doubt that being able to bring back Verlander and Cole one game earlier could potentially benefit the Astros in a big way. You know, if this series only goes five or six, you know, because you get those guys back in earlier on in the series, that could potentially benefit them. But if Grinky really struggles and it goes seven, then all of a sudden you're saying Tanaka versus Grinky in game seven, potentially both on short rest, you know, both essentially being an all hands on deck, all hands bullpen type of game that could potentially benefit the Yankees, depending on what Zach Grinky looks like. I think that's a very good answer, as we do have Matt McCarthy joining me right here on the podcast. I do think that it's one of these situations where who benefits the most, we're going to see, obviously, it gives a little bit more of an edge to both these teams, because now you do have two fully stocked bullpens that 
have been two of the top three bullpens in the American League all year long. I think that a lot of people sleep on the Houston Astros. They certainly did have a little bit of a rough stretch towards the end of the year, but by and large in the postseason, bullpen has been very good. And for the New York Yankees, you're able to trot out there. Adam Adovino, Tommy Canely, Zach Britton, Aroldis Chapman. I can't think of a better four-headed monster in a bullpen in all of baseball. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees need to get Adovino right. I mean, he's struggled, you know, here as of late. You know, he's tried to face Springer a few times, and that hasn't worked. But, I mean, listen, on paper, you're going to take that Yankees bullpen over the Astros bullpen, and I don't think there's really any debate about that. But I think one of the interesting trends, Greg, in this postseason is that starting pitching still matters in baseball. And even though we live in this modern day, you know, this 2019 era of baseball, where teams are relying more heavily on bullpen arms than ever before, look at over in the National League. The Nationals had the best starting staff, you know, with the two-headed monster of Strasburg and Scherzer. That's essentially what got them there. And the Astros rely heavily on starting pitching, too. And if they get to the World Series, it's going to like most likely be because of that starting pitching. So even in this day and age of bullpenning and baseball, teams that still have elite starting pitching, it seems to still matter. And that's one thing that I've really liked from this October. I totally agree with you, and I do think that the Houston Astros actually do have a little bit more of an edge than they normally would at Yankee Stadium as well, because with the New York Yankees, we all know about the short forge out there in right field, but I think we will both agree the New York Yankees are getting contributions out of guys that we didn't expect going into the year. DJ LeMayu was thought to be a little bit more of an insurance guy. He has instead become a guy that hit 330 during the regular season. Gio Rochelle was an afterthought. Edwin Encarnacion, guy that they picked up at the trade deadline. And as a result, the New York Yankees are built to be able to hit the ball. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, but they're not necessarily built for Yankee Stadium, which I think actually helps out the Astros, a team that has done a terrific job against left-hand pitching. And the Houston Astros really designed their lineup to not strike out, and they've done a terrific job of being able to do so all year long. Well, the Yankees, you know, obviously built their team, you know, in two ways. One, the bullpen, which we've already touched on. It's, it's the strongest part of that team, arguably, but the offense too. And the, and the bats have gone quiet, which goes to show you that pitching still matters in baseball and starting pitching still matters in baseball because, you know, since game one, the Yankees have not hit. Now, why haven't they hit? They've been facing Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. So that's why they haven't hit. So, you know, it goes to show you that pitching still matters in October and to get to the World Series. They're going to have to beat Verlander or Cole, and maybe even twice, definitely once, maybe even twice, you know, depending on how this series plays out, you might have to face Verlander in Game 7 in relief. You know, Cole, you're certainly going to see in Game 6 now, you know, like, and you're still going to have to hit Zach Greinke, and that's been obviously easier to do this October, but he's still Zach Greinke, so they're going to have to find a way to hit, and I don't think it's as much of a guarantee as it's been with the Yankees all year long. I wholeheartedly agree as we've got Matt McCarthy joining me right here on the podcast. One thing that is a guarantee, though, is the fact that the Washington Nationals are going to be playing the World Series. They just completely pounded the tar out of the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals weren't able to muster even a single win in that series. And we've touched on the starting pitching of the Washington Nationals. Who do you think this team would match up a little bit better against? I would actually argue... Perhaps the Houston Astros was just because you'd have ace against ace going against each other. And I do think that that would cause for some very interesting situations because with the Washington Nationals, something else I've noticed is the fact that when they do their damage on offense, they do it early in innings when they have zero to one outs 
when they get a few outs early, they don't have men on base. It just seems like they're not able to scratch across those runs in those innings. And I thought it was highlighted in that game four, which they get seven runs with one out in the bottom of the first inning and they don't score for the rest of the game. So I actually disagree. I think the Yankees would be a more favorable matchup for the Nationals just because I think the Astros are a better team. And, you know, you make a good point. You know, the strength of the Nationals is also the strength of the Astros. But you never know how that cancels out. Either way, I think the winner is coming out of the American League. I think the Yankees or the Astros win the World Series. I just think they'd have a slightly better chance against the Yankees just because I think the Astros are the best team in baseball. And this is one of those situations, Greg, where I'm just not going to overthink it. I love that that Houston starting rotation. You know, they're relentless. Their lineup is relentless. Both teams, I mean, you know, the Nationals certainly have bullpen concerns. And that's where I think, you know, you could look at a potential issue for the Nationals facing the Yankees. The Yankees could beat them in the later part of the ball game, But I think the Nationals would have such a decided advantage earlier in the game that, you know, again, just following the trend of starting pitching still matters in baseball and starting pitching has mattered in October. Teams with bullpen deficiencies and the Nationals are kind of the only team remaining with a bullpen deficiency, although I'm not thrilled about the Astros bullpen. They were great in game two when they had to be. They've been able to mask those issues this postseason. So I think, you know, we've seen teams doing damage early in games. That's where I could see the Nationals having an advantage over the Yankees. I think that's a very good point that you bring up. And I think that it is so interesting to take a look at things because with the Washington Nationals, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to be able to knock off the Houston Astros or the New York Yankees, regardless of which team gets there. But at the same time, when you've got Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbett as a starting three, I think at the very least the Nationals should be able to win a couple games. My question is, the whole bullpen strategy that they're using. They've had Max Scherzer come out of the bullpen. Steven Strasburg obviously pitched in that wild card game against the Brewers. Patrick Corbett has been giving them some innings. I think that for the Nationals to be able to win the World Series, they would need to shorten the series as much as possible. They would need to win it in four or five games because I feel like with this strategy, the longer that the series goes, if it goes six or seven, it's a major disadvantage for the Nationals just because those arms do get tired. Well, and, you know, it's interesting, you know, had the Red Sox played the Dodgers in six or seven games with their strategy, which was similar to the Nationals, would that have caught up with the Red Sox last season? Because the Nationals are doing what the Red Sox did. The Red Sox had bullpen concerns going into October, and we certainly saw this year that bullpen, you know, was not fixed. But, you know, they relied on Rick Porcello and David Price and Nathan Evaldi to serve essentially as setup men all of October of last year. So, you know, the Nationals are essentially doing the same things. Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, they're all pitching out of the bullpen. They're all working on their side days. You know, is that sustainable over the course of six or seven games? It's a fair point. I wonder if the layoff, and a lot of people are saying that the layoff is going to hurt the Nationals because I think there's a stat out there that teams that sweep in the LCS struggle in the World Series, and I need to look that up, you know, to to confirm that. And so a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, they're going to have to wait for so long is this going to hurt them? In some ways, it might almost help them because it gives that pitching staff a breather because Strasburg and Scherzer and Corbin have been working so much and they're going to be worked a lot in the World Series. You know, does a layoff potentially help that team more than, say, another team? That's certainly a possibility. I really like what you bring up there. It's Matt McCarthy. He's joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And something that we're noticing with these games in New York as well, we're probably going to be seeing it if 
either of these teams get to the World Series against Washington Nationals is that we're seeing some adverse weather. Obviously, we let off this interview by talking about the fact that Game 4 was postponed on Wednesday. On Thursday, we were seeing wind gusts of right around 20 miles per hour out there in Yankee Stadium. What do you make out of games that do wind up having these adverse conditions? Because obviously, along with the wind, is coming some colder weather. In New York, it's probably going to be right around 50 or so degrees for game four. Is there any sort of real advantage slash disadvantage to either team? Because I have to think that even though the wind is blowing out, the fact that the ball seems to be deadened a little bit actually gives a little bit more of an advantage to these fly ball pitchers. I think, you know, if you've got the wind blowing out and you see a higher scoring game, that benefits the Yankees. Just because I think they rely a little bit more on their bats than the Astros do. And, you know, you can potentially get to a starting pitcher early on in the game. I don't think cold really has a factor. This is not the first time we've had postponements in October. The Red Sox and Yankees famously in 2004, they had a postponement. In some ways that helped the Red Sox. You know, they played four straight days. But I don't know, you know, 2008, you know, they had all that crazy weather in Philadelphia and that game was delayed and it took them forever to, you know, play game five and it took them forever to wrap up that series because of bad weather. But I don't know, it's not the first time it's happened in baseball before. I just think, you know, from a particular standpoint, the only weather condition I think that matters, it's not cold, it's wind. And if the wind is blowing out at Yankee Stadium, that certainly helps the hitters. And I think that's a benefit to the Yankees. I think that's a good point that you do bring up. And I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how this series plays out. And if the Yankees are going to be able to get a win over Verlander or Garrett Cole, what do you think needs to happen? Because I've been on this podcast and I've been saying that I would actually take Garrett Cole in a must-win situation over Justin Verlander at this point, just because he does a little bit of a better job of keeping the ball in the yard. And with Garrett Cole, he's given up two or more earned runs twice since the beginning of June. And the team is 16 and 0 in his last 16 starts. I just have not seen anything like it in a long time. It just seems like he's on a level that we haven't seen from a starting pitcher in, I would say, eons. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he seems almost invincible right now. So it's almost like game six becomes a huge swing game in this series, you know, if it goes seven. If the Yankees find a way to get to Cole in game six, well, then all of a sudden they feel good going into game seven. It's like, hey, we were the first team since May to get to this guy. So that could potentially have a benefit. I do agree that Cole is, is, is the better pitcher right now. I mean, Verlander has been there and done that. That's still, you know, such a big two-headed monster. I think the key for the Yankees is to find a way to steal one of those games, to win a low-scoring game, a two-to-one ball game, a three-to-two ball game, get a lead, even if it's a tiny one, turn it over to the bullpen and hope that the strength of your team shows up and hope that you can hold on late in a game and steal one against Cole and Verlander because the way those guys are going right now, and particularly Cole, I don't think you can count on winning, you know, a 9-7 ball game in one of their starts. Maybe you can win that way, you know, Grinky Tanaka, and Tanaka's been really good, you know, in the postseason. Maybe you can win that way against Grinky. Maybe you can win that way in Game 7. I don't think you can win that way against Verlander and Cole. I think that's too much to ask for. I'm right there with you, but what you can win with is always listening to 98.5 The Sports Hub and Matt McCarthy who is doing a terrific job with them. Matt, I'd like to close it up with this. I know you do a terrific job with Hardcore Baseball, the terrific podcast that you guys put out there, and you do a little bit more than just baseball as well. I know that you're getting into hockey a little bit. You covered the whole New England slash Boston landscape with regards to sports. Let the good people at home know where they can get a little bit more of your work and just find your podcast find your on-air work in general because you do a terrific job 
Thank you. Yeah, check it out. 985thesportshub.com. That's where you can find the podcast. That's where you can find, of course, the stream to the Sports Hub if you're not in the Boston area. And yeah, check me out on Twitter at Matt McCarthy985. Terrific. A big thanks to Matt for joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. Now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you my side and total on Game 5 of the ALCS between the Astros and the Yankees. And that comes your way in a little something I like to call Touch Em All. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it. Thanks to Matt McCarthy of 98.5 The Sports Hub for joining me in the last segment as we're back here in the Vivid Seat Studios for MLB Overtime Betting. Now it is that time, even though we've got absolutely no numbers on this game, that I give you a side in total on the lone game on today's Las Vegas betting board, and we do so in a little something I like to call touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that because there is no line on Game 5 of the ALCS between the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees, I will be listing the plays that I have in the morning when a line is available, and that'll be up on my Twitter feed, at GNRSCordy1, and a place that you're able to fire on this line, as well as player props. You can go, like, first inning wagers along with first fives you name it you can do it along with futures and so much more is my bookie let's say that you're not firing a lot on these MLB playoff games you'd rather do a little bit of NFL betting maybe you're a little bit of a college basketball better and you're getting primed up for that season they offer that you're even able to do player props in the NFL as well mybookie.ag is the place for all of it and if you are a first time customer and you use the promo code overtime that is all one word O-V-E-R-T T-I-M-E, you get your first deposit doubled up to $1,000. MyBookie offers all of that and they give you that nice deposit bonus. So it is a place where you play, you win, and good gravy, you get paid. And with 921-922 on the betting rotation for today, it is Justin Verlander going up against James Paxson. As I alluded to earlier, there is no line up on this game, but we saw the Houston Astros the last time these two pitchers went at it. Justin Verlander was north of a minus 150 favorite, and the money did wind up coming in on the Houston Astros. Gotta think that the Astros are going to be a bit of a favorite here. I don't think they're going to be quite minus 150-ish or anything like that, but by and large, I do like the way that the Astros are rolling right now. We saw it in Game 4, which you had Carlos Correa going yard along with George Springer. These guys have really heated up. You saw the Houston Astros do a better job with men in scoring position as well than the New York Yankees. New York Yankees wind up leaving 10 men on base going 0 for 7 with men in scoring position. That squandered opportunity in the first inning was big. And for the New York Yankees, this is a team that really had to blow through a lot of their bullpen. Adam Adovino along with Tommy Canely had to come out. Now Zach Britton and Aroldis Chapman are going to be fresh for this game, so you do want to note that. And James Paxson has been highly reliable for the New York Yankees. The Yankees have lost just one out of his last 13 starts, but you have to go up against Justin Verlander, and whenever he hasn't been going on, Short rest, he has been absolutely terrific. He wound up giving up four runs in that start in which he went short rest against the Tampa Bay Rays, but I believe that is the only time since the beginning of the month of August in which he's given up more than three earned runs. 
And for the Houston Astros, you do have a couple guys that have been a little bit famous with the bat, like Jordan Alvarez, Yoli Gurriel, Robinson Chirinos, and even Alex Bregman, but Michael Brantley and Jose Altuve for the series hitting a 353. This team really seems to be fighting against power. And for the New York Yankees, they've been relying a lot on home runs in this series. You had Gary Sanchez be able to go yard yesterday. You also saw when they were able to split in Houston, Gio Urshela went yard. You have also got Glenn You've also gotten a pair of home runs from Glaber Torres, but you take a look at the Yankees lineup. Other than DJ LeMayu, nobody's hitting above three arm for the series. Glaber Torres has been holding up his end of the bargain with a 294, but Aaron Hicks, Edwin Encarnacion, Brett Gardner, Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela, and DD Gregorius are all hitting a buck 67 or lower. Things are just not going well with that regard. And for the Houston Astros, you've got a lot of bullets left in the chamber. I do recognize that they had to go through five bullpen arms as well, but if you need someone like a Jose Uraquiti or Brad Peacock, both these guys are going to be fresh. Meanwhile, CeCe Sabathia did have to pitch for the New York Yankees yesterday, so that is a little bit of an issue. They are going to have Jay Happ if they do need to go into long relief, but This is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the magic number of eight on this total. If the magic number of eight is going to be juiced to the under, and if it is going to be a little bit lower than that, say it's a seven and a half, and if the juice is like minus 120 on the under on an eight, probably going to be looking at an over. If the juice is a little bit more fair, let's say the total is eight, and you would have to go right around minus 115 on the over, then I'd be starting to look at the under. If it's an eight and a half, certainly going to be looking at the under there. The total is really going to rely upon that opening number. I'm going to be looking at that magic number of eight, like I said, probably going to be leaning towards an under if it is a little bit higher, but I'm certainly going to be all aboard the Houston Astros. I think that this is going to be a gentleman's sweep. I do think that the Houston Astros behind Justin Verlander are going to be able to get the job done once again, and James Saxon, we We've seen it from him quite a bit this year. His first inning struggles are real. He's got an ERA north of eight for the year in the first inning. He settles down from there. The New York Yankees does have a do have a good bullpen, but I think that the conditions very favorable for the Houston Astros to be able to pump out a couple home runs against James Pax, and I think that they're going to take care of this series. So those are my initial thoughts on Game 5 of the ALCS. Like I said, check back in the morning at Gene or Scorty 1 for set plays once a line is available. And that's also where you can ask a question if you have it for the spine podcast. A big thanks to Matt McCarthy of 98.5 The Sports Hub out in the lovely city of Boston for joining me in the second segment. And let's make today a successful, profitable, and fun one. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to MLB Overtime Betting on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And thank you so much for tuning in. And let's make today a successful, profitable, and fun one.